Welcome to this special live broadcast of the Installation Mass of Bishop-designate Andrew Cousins as the 8th Bishop of the Diocese of Crookston on Real Presence Radio. You can also watch the Mass live at realpresenceradio.com or on the RPR YouTube channel and Facebook page. We now go live to the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Crookston, Minnesota.
please turn and face the doors of the church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. And with your spirit. How wonderful to see a filled cathedral as we celebrate this day, which is so significant in the life of the Diocese of Crookston, as you welcome your eighth bishop. So grateful to have this opportunity as the Metropolitan to preside at these opening rites. So grateful today, certainly, to uh, have this opportunity uh, as to uh, focus on this beautiful gift that the Holy Father has given to the Diocese of Crookston in the new bishop of Bishop Cousins. Very grateful to Bishop Pates for the way in which 
He has shepherded this diocese throughout these last seven months. My brothers and sisters, at the beginning of this liturgy, would you join me in showing our appreciation to Bishop Bates? at the Transfiguration, Bishop Pates is flanked by two great figures. <laughs> so on the one side, we have Bishop Balki, who has been such a presence here in this Archdiocese, who has done the amazing uh, accomplishment, accomplished so much in 45 years as a bishop. Bishop Balki, we're so thrilled that you're able to be here for this next step. And we are particularly honored to have with us the Holy Father's representative in the United States, our Nuncio, Archbishop Christophe Pierre. Would you join us in showing our delight that he's here? <laughs> Archbishop Pierre, it is my understanding that you have a decree from the Holy Father, Pope Francis. Please be seated. Wait, wait. I have it, it is in my pocket. So, Your Excellency, Metropolitan Archbishop of St. Paul in Minneapolis, Bernard Ebda, Your Excellency, Bishop Richard Pates, my brother, Archbishops and Bishops, dear priests, deacons, consecrated religious and lay faithful of the Diocese of Crookston, dear friends. I am truly pleased to be with you this afternoon as Bishop Andrew Cousins is installed as the eighth bishop of the Diocese of Crookston, which the Holy Father has looked upon with love in appointing its new shepherd to bring peace and reconciliation to the people of God in this part of the Minnesota. Bishop Cousins has distinguished himself as auxiliary bishop to Archbishop Ebda, whom I am sure will be sad to lose him, but whom? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but whom I am equally sure will find an able collaborator in building communion in Minnesota. So, Archbishop, don't worry. You are enlarging your power. <laughs> and I wish, as you did, Archbishop, to take a moment to thank Bishop Richard Pates for his role as apostolic administrator of the, his diocese. You know, I have had to deal a lot with this good bishop, and when you ask him something, he always says yes with a smile. Thank you. I know that, uh, Bishop, it was not an easy task, but you did it with a lot of grace, and you have brought a lot of good to this diocese, 
For that, we are all grateful. Recently, in addressing the Italian Episcopal Conference, the Holy Father spoke of the Beatitudes for bishops. Imagine. I place the words of just one of these Beatitudes before you. I quote, Blessed is the bishop that works for peace, who accompanies the path of reconciliation, who sows in the heart of the presbyterate the seed of communion, who accompanies a divided society on the path of reconciliation, who takes by hand every man and every woman of goodwill in order to build fraternity. God will recognize him as his son. End of quote. Your Excellency, it is my sincere hope that you take these words to heart and that you allow them to animate your ministry here in Crookston as you begin this new phase of your ministry. Be mindful of the many elements of your Episcopal crest. Place yourself and your people under the mantle of protection of the Immaculate Virgin, whose feast is fast approaching. Gaze upon the three-ply cord, remembering the need for fraternity and to walk together with your priests and people, knowing that such a cord is not easily broken. Recall frequently your motto, Prebe nobis cor tuum. I think you have to learn some Latin. Yeah? <laughs> and give your heart entirely to the God, the Virgin Mary, and to your people, especially to the poorest of the poor. Finally, do not forget the heart of St. Joseph who guarded and defended his family. At the start of your ministry as Chief Shepherd in Crouston, I commend you to the Most Holy Virgin Mary, Immaculate Conceived, and to St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, trusting that under their loving care, you will be a good shepherd and truly blessed. And now, with great joy, I will read the Apostolic Letter of Appointment. Actually, I will read the translation of it. You will see the text later. Francis, Bishop, Servant of the Servants of God, to our venerable brother, Andrew Harmon Cousins, until now auxiliary of the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis and titular Bishop of Bizica, appointed Bishop of Crookston, greetings and apostolic blessing. The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Indeed, since the Lord has commanded us to beseech the Father in this way, we strive entirely and vigorously to search for suitable and skilled men who will carry out, together with us, the task of laboring in the vineyard of the Lord. And so, at this time, turning your attention to the community of Crookston, whose former ordinary, our venerable brother Michael Joseph Hupner, resigned its governance, we wish to provide for the same community a new moderator of diocesan life. Since you, venerable brother, 
have truly fulfilled your episcopal responsibilities in the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis with noteworthy diligence and compassion, we are very confident that endowed are you are with prudence, practical experience and sound doctrine, you are capable of discharging this office of greater importance. Therefore, upon consultation with the Congregation for Bishops, out of the fullness of our apostolic authority, we release you from the bond of your prior titular see and that of the auxiliary of the see of St. Paul in Minneapolis, and we name and appoint you Bishop of Crookston, conferring upon you all the rights as well as imposing the relative obligations which belong to this mandate. You will see to it that this our decision is announced both to your clergy and your people as soon as possible. As soon as possible. <laughs> so that consequently they may acknowledge you appropriately as their new father and shepherd, to whom they should show feelings of filial piety and respect. Finally, Venerable Brother, together with the prayerful intercession of the Immaculate Virgin Mary and that of St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, we earnestly implore for you the grace of the Holy Spirit so that, sustained by it, you may, with a paternal heart, serenely lead the people entrusted to your pastoral care to the joys of eternal life. Given at Rome, at the Lateran, on the 18th day of the month of October in the year of the Lord 2021, the ninth of our pontificate, and it is signed Francis. installation mass of Bishop Andrew Cousins in the Diocese of Crookston, live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Please be seated. On this grace-filled occasion of the installation of the 8th Bishop of the Diocese of Crookston, we have several honored guests who will welcome Bishop Cousins. At this time, I would like to first invite our ecumenical and civil representatives forward. Kelvin Benson, on behalf of Congresswoman Michelle Fischbach. Bishop Bill Tesh of the Northwestern Minnesota Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. the representatives of the Diocese of Crookston, representing our religious communities, Sister Jane Becker, Order of St. Benedict, Sister Kathleen McCleary, Order of St. Benedict, Sister Lucy Perez, Sister Pat Murphy, Congregation of St. Joseph, Father Greg Gallagher, OMI, Father Benny Lepalata, OMI. Representing our parish trustees, Dave and Pam Vipond of St. Michael's in Menomen, David Girls of St. Peter and Paul in Warren, our Diocesan Finance Council, Mark and Teresa Klinkhammer, the Perfect Fit Steering Committee and Fourth Degree Knights of Columbus, Pete Zavril, the Crookston Board of Review, Judy Meyer, our dedicated Chancery staff, Bonnie Sullivan, our Chancellor, and her husband, and our Catholic schools, LaCosta Potter, the Diocesan Superintendent of Schools, Stephanie Webster, the principal of Cathedral School, representatives of Cathedral staff and school families, Heidi Biermeyer, Teresa Simbalak, Michelle and Maya Beagley, Amigail Franz, Brett Kelly and Cohen Lien. You're listening to the installation mass of Bishop Andrew Cousins in the Diocese of Crookston, live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
everyone to stand.
Let us pray. O God, who in each pilgrim church throughout the world make visible the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, graciously grant that your faithful may be so united to their shepherd and gathered together in the Holy Spirit through gospel and the Eucharist, as to worthily embody the universality of your people and become a sign and instrument in the world of the presence of Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Raise a glad cry, you barren one who did not bear, break forth in jubilant song, you who were not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the deserted wife than the children of her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the space of your tent. Spread out your tent cloths unsparingly. Lengthen your ropes and make firm your stakes. For you shall spread abroad the right and to the left. Your descendants shall dispose of the nations and shall people of desolate cities. Fear not, you shall not be put to shame. You need not blush, for you shall not be disgraced. The shame of your youth you shall forget the reproach of your widowhood, no longer remember. For he who has become your husband is your maker. His name is the Lord of hosts. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Call God of the earth. The Lord calls you back. Like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit, a wife married in youth, and then cast off, says your God. For a brief moment, I abandoned you. But with great tenderness, I will take you back. In an outburst of wrath for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with enduring love, I take pity on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is for me like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah should never again deluge the earth. So I have sworn not to be angry with you or to rebuke you. Though the mountains leave their place and the hills be shaken, my love shall never leave you, 
nor my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. The word of the Lord.
Lectura de la segunda carta del apóstol San Pablo a los Corintios. Hermanos y hermanas, el amor de Cristo nos impulsa una vez que hemos llegado a la convicción de que uno murió por todos. Por tanto, todos han muerto. De hecho, murió por todos, para que los que viven ya no vivan para sí mismos, sino para aquel que por ellos murió y resucitó. Por tanto, de ahora en adelante, no consideraremos a nadie según la carne. Aunque una vez conocimos a Cristo según la carne, ahora ya no lo conocemos. Así que todo el que está en Cristo es una nueva creación. Las cosas viejas pasaron. He aquí, han llegado cosas nuevas. Y todo esto es de Dios, que nos reconcilió consigo mismo por medio de Cristo y nos dio el ministerio de la reconciliación. Es decir, Dios estaba reconciliando al mundo consigo mismo en Cristo, sin contar sus ofensas contra ellos y confiándonos el mensaje de reconciliación. De modo que somos embajadores de Cristo, como si Dios suplicara a través de nosotros. Te insinuamos en nombre de Cristo, reconcíliense con Dios. Palabra de Dios. stand.
from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does, he prunes so that it bears more fruit. You are, al- you are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it, re- unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire, and they will be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. But this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Quiero decir algunas palabras en español por los que hablan español que están aquí. Estamos muy alegres que ustedes están aquí con nosotros para celebrar este gran día y especialmente porque podemos congregar como una iglesia. Aunque estamos rezando en inglés y voy a predicar en inglés también. I was just offering some words of welcome to those who speak Spanish. Uh, it's saying how wonderful it is that we can represent the universal church by having them with us, members of our body here. And also, uh, but that we're going to preach in English and uh, the ceremony that we're praying is in English. So I apologized for that. I do want to have a special word of gratitude to the many people who are gathered here, especially uh, what an honor for us to have Archbishop Pierre, the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, representing our Holy Father, and very grateful for Archbishop Hebda and for his presence both in my life and here today. Certainly Bishop Bulky, uh, who has served so wonderfully in this diocese for so many years. We're very grateful to him, and then, of course, to Bishop Pates for his time. So very, very grateful for your presence here. Also grateful uh, to have my family and many friends here, uh, and grateful especially for all those who are from the Diocese of Crookston, the priests of the Diocese of Crookston, the deacons of the Diocese of Crookston, the religious, the lay people, very, very grateful to have you all here. And it's a joy for me to be gathered together on this St. Nicholas Day. You know, there's a tradition 
on St. Nicholas Day, it was a medieval tradition that you ordain a boy bishop. And uh, he gets to, uh, it's a true, it's a true story. I didn't choose this day because of that. And I hope I get to reign longer than through St. Stephen's Day, which is all the boy bishop ever got. But also we're gathered in this season of Advent, which is a season of hope. And it's really great for me to be able to meditate on that hope. The Advent hope, which we meditate on together, we see how God desires to save us. And how He came to save us. And how He came to dwell among us. And how He suffered and died for us. And how He still desires today to come to save us. And how He comes through His Word, through His sacraments. And how much He comes through our prayer and how He wants us to be ready when He comes again at the end of time. Our God is a God who saves, who desires to save, and this is the reason we have hope. Not because of our particular plans or or talents, not because of the skills of any particular priest or bishop or religious or laity. We have hope because God has come to save us. And he desires to continue to save us. Of course, like every, every priest and religious, I pray the liturgy of the hours every morning. And I say every morning these words of St. Simeon. And they always remind me of this Advent hope. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. God has shown us in Jesus that he will be faithful to his promises and we have a well-founded hope. Hope, however, is not mere optimism. And it's not a kind of Pollyannish or positive thinking. You know, we know well those things we tell ourselves when things aren't going so well and we don't want to face a particular sadness or evil. We say to ourselves, you know, it'll all work out or it's going to be okay. It's not that big of a deal. These sayings, you know, they may help numb our feelings in the particular moment, but they're not really hope. Why? Christian hope does not ignore or downplay the reality of evil. Christian hope is not rooted in a vague optimism that things will be okay. Christian hope is rooted in the Paschal mystery, the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. We know evil is real. We know that pain and sin and evil have caused great damage in our world. And we know it from the painful experiences in our own lives. Sometimes even we've experienced it in the church. And we know our own struggle with sin. Each of us is weak. That's why we go to confession. And yet still, despite we know this experience of evil, we have hope. Because we proclaim a hope that's stronger than evil. And so therefore we're not afraid to face evil. We're not afraid to speak about it not afraid to acknowledge our sins and weaknesses, for Christ has conquered all this evil through his death and resurrection and has given us reason to hope.
Someone asked me last week at the goodbye celebration we had in the Archdiocese if the Diocese of Crookston was north of Hope. <laughs> of course, you recognize that reference to the famous novel of John Hassler, right? Which could have been and probably was written about someplace in the Diocese of Crookston, right? But the point is clear. No place where Christ lives is north of hope. And most especially in difficulties and in struggles, we discover the true power of hope. And the Diocese of Crookston has been through some difficulties and struggles. It doesn't help to pretend that these did not happen. But to have real hope, we face those difficulties and struggles head on. And we'll do that together. It's part of the healing that God wants to do about in our midst. When there's been failures, we repent for them. And we must be ready to seek and to give forgiveness. Of course, this is an individual work. It's a work that each of us have to do in our own hearts. Each of us looking at the wounds of our hearts and being willing to seek God's forgiveness and God's healing. In the church, we call this work reconciliation. And St. Paul spoke about this work in our second reading today. And he says it's the work that Jesus came to do in the world to reconcile us to himself and to each other. God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It's what we do in the church. We reconcile. We reconcile ourselves to God through confession and sacraments. And then we reconcile with each other and with the world. And then we carry this ministry of reconciliation. We know that through reconciliation, God forgives. God heals. God makes new. St. Paul broadly proclaimed this in the second reading today. Whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. This is the power of reconciliation. It doesn't just sort of wipe away the evil as if it doesn't, didn't happen. It actually makes new. It brings new growth, new life. It's like we heard about in the gospel, the pruning that the Lord allows. Why does the Lord allow pruning? For new life. Because the Lord wants to bear fruit. And we know that in God, this reconciliation is possible. It's why I, I chose that reading from the prophet Isaiah. It's been in my prayer the past few weeks. Actually, a priest friend of mine recommended it, and I've been praying with it. But I love that line. Our hope is not based on, God, on ourselves, but on God's power. Though the mountains fall away and the hills be shaken, my love shall never fall away from you nor my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. God wants to make all things work for good. All things. And when we receive this reconciliation through God's mercy, then we actually receive also a call, a mission. A mission to become ambassadors of reconciliation. St. Paul says the love of Christ impels us. He says we are ambassadors for Christ as if God were appealing through us and we implore you, the world, 
on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This work of reconciling that Jesus gives us must create in each of us a missionary transformation. Notice what St. Paul says. He doesn't say, I am an ambassador for Christ. He says, we are ambassadors for Christ. You too, every one of you here, are called to be part of this missionary transformation of the church to bring the reconciling love of Jesus to the world. That's our mission. You will recognize, of course, that this has been the clear call of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, since the day his pontificate began. It's the resounding call of his first apostolic letter, Evangelii Gaudium. My brothers were here, who are here from Region 8 will remember we were with Holy, our Holy Father in January of 2020, and we had two and a half hours to speak with him. What a privilege it was. And in that meeting, he told us that he still considers that first apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudium, his most important one because it expresses the whole sense of his pontificate. And just recently, he spoke about this on World Mission Day. He said this, Mission is a free and conscious response to God's call. Yet we discern this call only when we have a personal relationship of love with Jesus present in the church. So each of us is called to this personal relationship with Jesus a love relationship with Jesus in the church. That's the key. And it's the foundation of all mission. As St. John Paul II said in his famous letter on the coming of third millennium, contemplation must precede action. The foundation of all mission is this personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the church. Then our Holy Father continues, let us ask ourselves, are we prepared to welcome the presence of the Spirit in our lives? to listen to the call of mission, whether in our life as married couples or as consecrated persons or those called to ordained ministry and in all the everyday events of life. He's asking you and me, are you ready to listen to the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you ready, whatever your vocation, married life, single life, ordained life, consecrated life, are you ready to join in this mission? And he continues, Are we willing to be sent forth at any time or place to witness to our faith in God, the merciful Father, to proclaim the God of salvation in Jesus Christ, to share the divine life of the Holy Spirit by the building up of the church? In other words, in every time and place, and in this time and place, We are called to be missionaries, to share the divine life of Jesus Christ with the world, to reconcile the world to God. My brothers and sisters, today is a beautiful day, but it's not really about me. It's about the church here in Crookston. Of course, somebody has to be the bishop, and that's me. (laughs) But we're all called to be missionaries. And this is what the world needs from us. It's what the people of northwestern Minnesota need from us. It's the one thing that only we can do because it's our mission that God gave to us to proclaim the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ and no one is exempt from this task. And if you'll permit me just one 
brief reflection on an important aspect of this task, although I know this homily is already getting long. One practical comment about the mission we have together, and it comes from the gospel which was chosen for today, which has become so dear to me, the gospel of the vine and the branches from John chapter 15. Of course, for St. John, for our Lord, when he gives this image, it's an image of the church. And here you see that the church is not primarily an institutional reality. It's not a club. It's a living organism. It's a body. And it's clear, what do the vine and the branches have in common? It's the sap, the life force. We know this is God's life. We call it God's grace. And it's the life of God that is shared with us in baptism, that's strengthened through confirmation, that's strengthened every time we receive the Holy Eucharist. And when we live in communion with God, when we live a sacramental life with God, when we live a life of prayer, then that life force flows into each of the branches. And then those branches have the ability to bear fruit for Him. But if we're not connected to the vine, if we're disconnected from the vine, we can't bear fruit. And so what's our job? To remain in Him. To live deeply in Him. To live a deep sacramental life. To live a deep life of prayer. To seek first His kingdom. To live lives of holiness. If we do this, then He will produce the fruit. Brothers and sisters, this is my first goal before you, to be a man of prayer. A man who will spend time every day in adoration before the Blessed Sacrament, as I did this morning, for myself and for you. For you. And I'd ask you to be people of prayer. Because only if we're deeply rooted in Him will the fruit that we need come forth. Brothers and sisters, Advent is a season of hope. And we have hope. Because Jesus Christ is alive. He lives in us. He lives in Crookston. No matter the difficulties we have been through, He always wants to bring new life, new fruit. This is the God we know. He turns sorrow and sadness into joy. He turns death into life. He makes all things work for good for those who love Him. In closing, perhaps you'll permit me one uh, analogy from the sugar beets. (laughs) Sugar beets are very important up here in northwest Minnesota. In case you haven't learned that, maybe you saw them on the way up if you're a visitor. I've been told that this year's harvest of sugar beets was the largest in history. Why? Well, because of the drought, of course. There was a very bad drought in the beginning of the season. How did the drought produce such a great harvest? Well, apparently, as the drought got worse, the sugar beets had to grow deeper and longer to reach down to the water, right? Literally, they were stretched by the drought. But then when the rain came, when the drought ended, because the beets had been stretched, they were able to grow much bigger than normal. It was the drought that led to the incredible harvest. Lord Jesus, this is our prayer.
rain down your grace upon the diocese of Crookston. Let any stretching and pain which we have experienced lead to a deep harvest. Let us grow deep roots in you so that you may bear abundant fruit for the salvation of souls in us. You're listening to the installation mass of Bishop Andrew Cousins in the Diocese of Crookston, live on the Real Presence Radio Network. With confidence, we present to God our petitionary prayers. For the church throughout the world, that united in Christ, we may bear the fruit of holiness in us, so that we may show forth the saving love of Jesus Christ to all. We pray to the Lord. Holy Father Francis, that we may follow his example of proclaiming the joy of the gospel to the world, especially with those in need of God's merciful love. We pray to the Lord. Our Bishop Andrew, who has been appointed to serve us as our shepherd, that he may unite us in faith and lead us in love, always carrying out his pastoral care with a fatherly heart. We pray to the Lord. For the families and households in the Diocese of Crookston, may they grow closer to Jesus and seek to reflect the love of God through their lives and service. We pray to the Lord. abundant vocations to the priesthood, religious life, and the diaconate in the Diocese of Crookston. May many young women and men respond to Christ's call to follow him with an undivided heart. We pray to the Lord.
for the sick, the poor, the hungry, the, the immigrant, the unborn, and all victims of abuse and violence. May all those who need healing, safety, and help come to know the peace and presence of Christ, and may we accompany them towards the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. We pray to the Lord. For those who have died, especially the priests, the religious, and deacons of our diocese, and the family of, of Bishop Cousins, May they rejoice in God's presence forever. We pray to the Lord. Father, with confidence in your love for us, we present to you these petitionary prayers. Hear and answer them according to your will, for we make them through Christ our Lord.
You're listening to the installation mass of Bishop Andrew Cousins in the Diocese of Crookston, live on the Real Presence Radio Network. brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Celebrating the memorial of your Son's boundless love, we humbly beseech you, O Lord, that through the ministry of your church, the fruits of his saving work, may advance the salvation of all the world through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For when your children were scattered afar by sin, through the blood of your Son, and the power of the Spirit, you gathered them again to yourself, that a people formed as one by the unity of the Trinity made the body of Christ and the temple of the Holy Spirit. Might to the praise of your manifold wisdom be manifest as the church. And so in company with the choirs of angels, We praise you, and with joy we proclaim. 
To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world, together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and me, your unworthy servant, and all those who holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants and all gathered here, whose faith and devotion are known to you. For them we offer you the sacrifice of praise, or they offer it for themselves and all who are dear to them for the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. Archbishop Pierre. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmas, and Damian, and all your saints, we ask that through their merits and prayers, in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, his almighty Father, giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up. For you. <clears throat> in a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life, and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance, and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, in all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants, who, those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share in the fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord. Through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word in my soul. Oh, 
For spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. 
You're listening to the installation mass of Bishop Andrew Cousins in the Diocese of Crookston, live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Let us pray. In this your church, O Lord, may integrity of faith, holiness of life, 
fraternal charity, and pure religion flourish and abide until the end. And as you do not fail to feed her with the body and blood of your Son and with your word, so also never cease, we pray, to guide her under your protection. Through Christ our Lord. I do just want to take a couple of moments uh, to say some words of gratitude. I won't stay long so you can keep standing. But uh, especially, as I already mentioned, to the many bishops who are here, especially my brother bishops, many of you have been such a great friend and support to me. So very, very grateful that you braved the elements to come and be with us. Very grateful to all the people who came from the archdiocese and from outside the diocese, priests and lay people and religious. Uh, You're such a great sign to me of God's love. And so I'm very, very grateful that you would come and be here, especially the members of my own family. And uh, I do want to give a special recognition to my mother and my father. My father, of course, uh, asks why it is that the Pope always has to name me in the middle of winter someplace. (laughs) Normally they would be in Tucson at this time of year, and they'll be going back soon. But very, very grateful, especially to my my mother and my father, for all that you have given me in life. Such a great gift. And now I want to thank especially all the people of the Diocese of Crookston who put so much energy and work into these days. The staff of the Chantry was constantly present, organizing things, and so grateful, very grateful to all the musicians who who traveled to come and be with us and also did many rehearsals. So very, very grateful for the sacrifices that you've made. Uh, Grateful uh, especially to the priests of the diocese for coming to be with us and the deacons. I want to say my gratitude to the Knights of Columbus who came in force. I think even some from the Twin Cities, so very, very grateful for all of you. And most of all, just my gratitude to the people of Crookston, to the people of the diocese. I've received such a warm welcome, and I look forward to many, many days ahead being with you. The Lord be with you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
You've been listening to a special live broadcast of the installation mass of Bishop Andrew Cousins as the 8th Bishop of the Diocese of Crookston on Real Presence Radio. If you want to watch or listen to the Mass again, you can find the podcast on our website at realpresenceradio.com slash audio dash highlights. That's realpresenceradio.com slash audio dash highlights. Or on the free RPR app under special events. We now return to regularly scheduled programming here on the Real Presence Radio Network.